Major funding for Pop Culture Affidavit comes from Stark Industries, The Wayne Foundation, Lionel and Lillian Luther, The Human Fund, and listeners like you. Thank you. Pop Culture Affidavit, Episode 127, Merry PBSmas. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of Pop Culture Affidavit, the podcast that takes a look at everything random in the world of popular culture, which is brought to you by the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. I'm your host, Tom Panneries, and this episode is a continuation of what I was talking about last month when I looked at PBS. Like I said, I watched a lot of PBS over the years, and part of that has been regular educational program, but also part of that has been holiday programming. And that's what's going to be the focus of the episode. What are the Christmas and holiday shows you watch on PBS every year as part of our annual repertoire shoved between cartoon viewings and other movies and things like that? So I'm going to sit down with Amanda and the two of us are going to be talking about this for about an hour or so, talk about what we watch, why we like it, and just share some of the fun of classier entertainment. Put this over here. Um, Okay, so... There's notes. I don't have notes. Well, I'm I, gonna be free flowing. I literally have a very short list <laughs> of things that we've watched, and um, questions such as, "What is the appeal of these shows?" So basically, it's 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 not like extensive. Okay. I, I literally wrote this from memory. Okay. So, um, and 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 by looking at the covers of the DVDs that we have, because we have we have most of them. We have most of them on yes. DVD now. <laughs> oh, so. I had this um, had this idea because we are are the I think we're I guess maybe early millennials are the last bits of the generation that grew up in the kind of the latter part of the golden age of the television Christmas special because like we because a lot of the ones that, that are still on the air um, like the three of the big ones Rudolph and Charlie Brown and um, how the Grinch Stole Christmas are all from like the sixties. Right. So, but we were still, I mean, they were still on CBS. I think they were all on CBS. I don't know about the Grinch, but I know that Charlie Brown and um, Rudolph were on the sixties all, all the way through the eighties and nineties, because we all remember that CBS special spiraling toward us. Mm -hmm. And then we of course got, I think what's also in my top five, we got the Garfield Christmas thing. So, but, but I mean, so many people have waxed nostalgic about those that it's almost like, you know, what could you add to the conversation except for the fact that, <clears throat> A, those hold up mm-hmm. 
Rudolph is oh god, Rudolph's kind <laughs> of a, Rudolph's kind of a dumpster fire, but it but it's kitschy in the animation, and everything, and it's fun to watch it that way. Although I always forget how long that damn thing is. It's super long, and <laughs> Santa is a fascist, and I hate his face. <laughs> it's all I mean, Yukon Cornelius or bust, and the gay elf, and that you know, my, that my, whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, this is man's word. Like, go away. Um, As I said to our son before, Hermie is a gay icon. I will hear, I will yeah. hear nothing less. Yeah, but like Charlie Brown holds up incredibly well. The music, um, even down right down to the music, you know, um, it it holds up. There was like a, a a declining rate of return on the specials as they got older and older because the Great Pumpkin is great. Mm-hmm. But then you get to Thanksgiving, which I think was the third one, and I, I really can't watch. That. I won't watch that. I won't. Um, and then there were some other ones that were um, over the years here and there that were, I guess, were fun when we were little kids. I've never seen it's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown, but <laughs> but, um, but uh, oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. Oh my god! Uh, and then there's Gar- and then and then we got to, um, but then you get to uh, the Grinch. And the Grinch, the Grinch is done by Chuck Jones, and so I, uh, you know. That's all I really need to know. And then, like I said, we have Garfield, which we I rediscovered. We rediscovered a few years ago because I found it in Costco. There you <laughs> so go. Now I have to have this. Yeah, but um, I want to talk about. It. So, like over the last, um, God, it must it it it's at least the last five or six. It's probably beyond that. It's probably the bad, the last decade or so. We have watched. We've been watching a lot of PBS. Yes. Um, and and I talked a little bit about that last episode, just in general, about how like I I just kind of did backtracked i was like i've been watching pbs since i was like three years old you know because we all grew up on sesame street and stuff but we've been watching i mentioned my in my last episode i did on pbs about how like nancy and i used to watch the joy of painting in the afternoon Mm -hmm. now we did not know when it was on if it if it came on (laughs) that's when we would watch it so if we came across it um, so we've been, you know, but we've been watching a lot of, of Create, the PBS spinoff, uh, that the, the, the version of it here in Virginia is really, really good. Well, in Central Virginia, in because Central, the yeah. version in, up in Northern Virginia, where my parents are, is mm-hmm. trash. It's out of, um, you know, I, I am pretty sure that that is hosted out of Maryland public television. Cause like, you know, each well, I thought the, it was like WETA, I can't which is it's either in that, like Springfield. It might be WETA. I could, I could have sworn I saw MPT on something, but it might've been just one of their programs. Well, and also so, we're probably boring the hell out of everybody. Yeah, okay. So anyway, so, anyway, so on create, on create over the years, we have started to amass this list of Christmas specials. And Christmas shows that are very like soothing and nice, and they're all like most of them are travel shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one or two cooking uh, cooking shows. There's a concert, and there's some that are the arts. And the one I want to start off with, so we're going to kind of run down the list. Actually, the one I want to start off with is actually one that goes beyond just us watching it on PBS. Even though I have it, and I, I have this program on Amazon Prime saved, which was the Nutcracker. Yes, but that goes back before PBS, because that's something you and I saw at the Kennedy Center. Yeah, we took my parents to see the um, the Bolshoi ball- uh, yeah. ballet. Yeah. Yes, went to the Kennedy Center, and it was just such a lovely, like, D.C. Christmas thing to do. You know, you dress up mm-hmm. in nice clothes, you have a glass of champagne while you're waiting to go into the into the theater, and yeah. And I, I mean, I grew up dancing. You know, the Nutcracker is always 
the big winter production. Yeah. And so, yeah. And well, and, and we also, I think that same year we went and saw the National Symphony Orchestra, I believe. We, yeah, it was like a Christmas carol chorale yeah. kind of yeah. um, thing as well. Yeah. Because so, I was a member of the Kennedy Center when we lived up in D.C. Mm-hmm. That's how I was always, I always was able to score the tickets on pre-sale. Yeah. And did we, I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up watching a lot of artsy programming and and I think through the gifted and talented program in elementary school like the one year that I was in it which was sixth grade we did go to um we went to Lincoln we actually saw the nutcracker at Lincoln Center when I was in the sixth grade I don't remember very much of it so so the idea of the arts and stuff as being associated with Christmas was beyond what I learned in music class I really didn't have much of a Mm. much of a taste for or not I mean much much exposure to it everything was pretty much um Christmas uh Christmas shows on TV and then you heard Christmas carols and it was usually um the Carpenters which I have nothing against the Carpenters say, Christmas sports, sports, you, but uh, the Barbara Streisand Christmas album which I know both of us do not get me s- <laughs> I will I cannot the minute it's like jingle bell jingle bell uh-uh, no no thank and you and then Keep um you know and stuff like that and then of course the you know the funny the the Bob Rivers twisted tunes like a twelve pence of Christmas. Did you did you end up like watching the Nutcracker every year? Or were you was that like part of your regular thing or was it? Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I guess uh, growing up, my Christmases were pretty bougie because like we did. I saw some production. Either my friends were in the Nutcracker or we went. Like I've seen I've seen it at the Warner Theater. See, I mean, every year I would see some version of it, or we would see it on television, and then like my parents love like the Boston Pops holiday albums Mm. with the symphony. And so we always played those and, you know, and even though it was mixed in with the Barbara Streisand (laughs) Christmas album, um, we had a good mix because, you know, I mean, I was a kid growing up in the 80s too. So of course you watch like Rudolph and Garfield and and all of those Frosty, the snowman and all that too. But like there was always a mix where we had, like there was definitely like some sort of symphony orchestral type of deal, and then there was kitschy eighties, early nineties stuff. And we have that Boston Pops album, yeah. and, uh, and actually, this is one of the things that I've I been... think you copied it from my dad's. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. And then we have um, uh, a number of things we put on. On Spotify has been great for this. Is classical jazz like instrumental stuff so it's not um it's not always the same yeah for records it's not and it's not the the selection on our local christmas all the time station this year is absolutely horrendous it's a, it's garbage it's just like it, it's gotten worse <laughs> than yeah it, it was years it's not great bob yeah but speaking of christmas songs so one thing that we started doing and, and we try to catch one when it when it happens is that years ago we saw like we were, I was looking for this sort of stuff, just like this might be interesting Christmas programming. And we came across, it was a concert from, I don't remember the name, it was a small college. Luther like, College. Luther College. Christmas at Luther. Luther College, yeah. And, and it was just basically choir performances and orchestral performances and things like that of... Um, of various religious hymns because it was a right, uh, yeah. And it was, I always thought that was well, and it's an arts college, so yeah. they kind of covered everything, yeah. yeah. And I always thought that was really, really cool too because not only is not only did they show all the um the concert, but they show the behind the scenes and how like the whole campus, yeah, of the small college, like this is like the big thing, like everybody participates yeah. in some way or another, and it's always like really, really cool to watch. And 
We've caught a couple of other ones like mm -hmm. that, like Christmas in the St. Olaf, I believe is. <laughs> yeah, I, I always chuckle when I see that cause, where's, <coughs> because where's of Rosen Rosen Island. Island. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that was one of the things that, that I always that I always see. And and that's I don't know, it's just um that to me is when we started watching it and we, we can find something like it on air, we tend to save it for Christmas Eve night. Yes. Which is... Because you're so exhausted. Yeah. You just need something chill to like stare into the abyss. And it is very soothing. And I had a client this year. I, I, I'm a career coach. And I had a client this year who I'm looking at her resume and I literally gasp because <laughs> her most recent employer is Luther College. And she was on like the team that produced Christmas at Luther College for oh, PBS. PBS. And I... So... I get on the call, I get on the meeting with her, the Zoom or whatever, and I'm just like, I have to fangirl for a second because you did that. I watch that every year. And she just started, she started laughing. She's like, I had no idea it had to reach it. I'm like, no, seriously, in Charlottesville, I have watched that on PBS. Um, so I had, uh, had, I had the dorkiest fangirl moment ever, but it was, it was yeah. cool. <laughs> well, and we sit there, we'll sit there with our, um, mold red wine yes <laughs> our, our, blue, our blue vine our blue vine um which will bring me to one of the next things i'm going to talk about but um it, it always also reminds me of because like i am not churchy but um we would go when i was younger we would go to christmas eve service for various reasons among which is it was more convenient because we had to do christmas morning and get our ass out the door to go to whatever aunt's house was hosting christmas that day um but it was always in the Lutheran church that I was in, it was actually always one of the nicer times to go because of just the way of the service was and the candlelight singing up. Go tell it on the mountain? Uh, no, it was uh, Silent Night. Oh, okay. A little town of Bethlehem. Um, so you were standing there holding an open flame. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't but, get down with that. But yeah, and then, and then it's just, there's something much quieter to me. I mean, you are, you are exhausted after like all the, whatever last Christmas prep you have to do on Christmas Eve, but there's something always quieter to me than Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and you can settle in a little bit more Christmas night after everything's done. You're just like, we're finally done. You're like, yeah. it's over. <laughs> yeah. Now I, and now I can like, you know, kind of get my life back together. Yeah. Well, and we've been doing that since we got married where we would get our Christmas prep done mm -hmm. and Christmas Eve, like we would just chill mm -hmm. so that we didn't have to like run around like a nut. So that, I mean, I remember Christmases in our apartment, what in Arlington, just, yeah. you know, throwing on some Christmas carols and just watching whatever and, you yeah. know, having like a nice Christmas Eve because we planned ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is nice because you want, like when you're trained to make everything about anybody other than you in that regard, that a lot of our people, we know it's like, I have to prep for other people mm -hmm. and like, you never get to take that moment to, or that night or whatever. It's like, can I do something that I'd like to do or something like that. Um, not that you, not that you don't like to prep and have company yeah. and stuff, but it's like, you know, well, it is the quiet before the storm. Yeah. You know, it's the quiet, it's the quiet moment before all hell breaks loose yeah. in a good way. Yeah. So mentioned glue vine. Yes. And for those who are uninitiated, it is, it is spiced mold red wine. wine. Yeah. Mold wine. Um, and, uh, we had, the, the, we discovered it at, uh, what, Burley Vineyards up in up here, up yes. north of here. It's like in Orange, uh, in Orange County, Virginia, near in Barbersville, um, yes. near the Barbersville Vineyard. Uh, it was one of those. I think 
my sister and brother-in-law were down to visit and yes. we went to one winery and then it was like, let's stop at this one on the way. And it's like, you know. Oh yeah. See, yeah. you're painting a much rosier picture. You were fed up with all three of us <laughs> because we went to Barbersville first. And if you ever go to Barbersville in central Virginia, they have what might be the longest run of a tasting room. It like, is a long You run. can taste like, I swear to God, like 25 wines. Yeah. Like, and it, they are not skimpy with the pores. Yeah. So by the time you are done <coughs> running that particular slalom, you need a designated driver. You were the designated driver. <laughs> we were taking like this, there was something wrong with the road, 29, something was wrong. Yeah. So we took like the Burley Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's where I used to, that was one of the back roads I used to take coming to get home. To our house. Yeah. yeah. And we passed this um, this winery and the the main building kind of looked like the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Like it was like an A-frame. It was very like a yeah. 60s, mid-century kind of John. Yeah. And so we went and it was this small winery. You didn't want to taste anything. You were getting irritated with us because, I, I mean, and I could understand why. It was like three tipsy people being really loud. But like this winery makes like, I mean, honestly, they make like not, not, Novelty wines? I don't know, but they make like a chocolate raspberry one. Yeah. They also they, have their reds and their Yeah, wines, they do. Table wines, but but yeah. the thing that they were pouring that particular day, yeah. I, I will never forget that chocolate raspberry wine because I'm like, how the hell do you make it taste like chocolate? Yeah. It literally tasted like chocolate. Anyway, <laughs> um, and the uh, the Ravana, spicy Ravana was yeah. the, the one that, and I remember the guy being like, you should have this warm. And I'm like, that sounds gross. He's like, no, trust me. Yeah. And then he gave it to me, heated up, and I was like, holy shit, you're right. And so yeah. that's when we first bought <coughs> our pre-made mold wine. Now, yes. can you mold wine by your, uh, on your own? Yes. Yeah. Is it easier to open a bottle and put it in the microwave? Also, yes. Yes, I just sit there with a mug of wine. So I mention it because it's a thing that is um, that is very popular in Central Europe mm -hmm. um, around this time of year. And there are, on my list, one, two, three, four. And if you count, um, yeah, there's four. And they're all by the same company. Uh, no, no, four if you count um, if you count that Hubert Keller. Yeah. Thing there, where it's like the we're we're trying to find that uh, specials about Christmas in in like Europe. Uh, five if you count the Rick Steves one, which, yeah. which you would. So <clears throat> there's three that we have that are produced by the same company, and they're these low budget travelogues of we're going to go <clears throat> to this place in this city in this city and check out it, and it's um, and it's very very it's almost charming in how yeah low budget it is. Uh, but one is called European Christmas Markets, another one is called Christmas on the Danube, and a third one is called Christmas in Alsace. So it's in that whole region. Um, trying to remember how we came across this. I think it was European Christmas Markets. European Christmas Markets was, I was thinking, when you said we were going to do this episode, I was trying to remember how we kind of, you know how sometimes you just fall into a tradition and then you're like, how the hell did this get started? Mm -hmm. I think it was when Brett was a baby and we were watching Create, because we yeah. do every night, because I am I am spiritually a 75-year-old woman who is retired and I watch PBS, but we, um, we were just flipping through and I was like, oh, what's this? And they were going to all these different, like, Christmas markets in yeah. Germany and wherever. And that's when we started watching it. And then we started recording some other stuff. And then you start buying the DVDs. And so, yeah, but uh, European Christmas markets was the OG. That yeah. was the first one. Yeah. It's just really cool. It's, it's it, it, like I said, it, it's, it's very charming and it's very cool. It is a little presentation because you have this guy um, narrating who is, 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 I believe German American 
And he is going to like, I think it was to Strasbourg and I know Nuremberg is like one of the big ones and, and I, you know, here and there across Germany and, and different, uh, different parts of that region. And that's where we learned what glue vine was, yes. even though we knew. Yeah. Well, you know what a mold wine is, but you, wine is. I didn't know it was called, yeah. cause that's not my heritage. That's your heritage. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, know. And I only have, you know, having been to Germany twice, I didn't know much about different parts of this, these things, but it's, it's pretty cool. It's like, you know, they show you how they set up all these booths and you go and it's, and you go from booth to booth and, you know, just like, like you would do at any farmer's market or, or convention of time, any type, but like, you know, they have handmade stuff, but it really does seem that like you'd probably buy a couple of, a couple of gifts and you'd spend most of your money on the various food stuffs. Speak for um, yourself. I'm buying a two thousand dollar pyramid. Oh yeah, that's right. They have and having it shipped to my house. They had those. They had like and they had. Um, I do remember that episode has an interview with a couple of people who own like this old, old, old gingerbread shop. Yep. And um, you know, so and the, and the, the, the serving pretzels and and glue vinders like a big metal kettles, pot with kettles yeah. with ladles and stuff like that. And it's and he I think at one point in that he talks about. Um, one of the specialties talks about like how the origin of like Silent Night mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and these are just it's it, it's very it's a very old world to use that phrase. And yeah, it's, it is. It's very um, I find it very very charming, and it's almost like this aspiration of like I would love to go to there for yes. a Christmas yes. period. Absolutely, I, it's it's on my bucket list for sure. And um, but yeah, they the the production quality always reminds me of. Um, Tony Bourdain's, uh, like his first, I think it was his first, a cook's tour yeah, TV show for show Food Network or whatever. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. So if you've ever seen that show of his, it's kind of that, like it's, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not in HD. It's not, yeah. it's just very, it's lo-fi as, <laughs> as we would say, but, um, but it, it, yeah, it's just very soothing and charming and it makes you want to go there. And I just think it's, I don't know, for me, I, I well, I'm a, I love Europe anyway, but like, mm -hmm. I just, you know, it'd just be, it would be so fun. It's just yeah. completely different from what, I think there's also something about like, it is completely different from like American Christmases where mm -hmm. it's buy, 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 buy all this shit, buy it, just buy it, pile it up. And, you know, instead it's more like being out and talking to people yeah. and maybe buying one or two really nice things and like putting together. I think that's thematically for me, a lot of these mm -hmm. specials. That's what's so, I don't know, I think that's what appeals to me other than all the beautiful locations and everything. It's just, it's completely, a completely different way to celebrate something than the messages we get here. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I've thought of that too, and I was thinking about that as I was Christmas shopping. And not that I didn't want to buy gifts for, for you or Brett or anything, but you do, you do start to realize, like, how hard of a habit that is to break. Because it's right. been ingrained in you since you were very little, um, especially if you grew up in a fairly middle-class family yeah. where they did, you know, you know, not, not, and I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but like my family never was in need right. for anything. Yeah. So that we always had a lot of Christmas presents and stuff like that. So, and then you like, so it's not like you expected like you're a spoiled brat or anything, but like, it's so expected and so ingrained in you that like the, the idea of not having the, the package to open, you're just like, that doesn't, even though you're like, no, it'd be really cool to yeah. take that money from gifts to be like, you know, yeah, go do this or that, or, or just that. buy like one or like one, two, three significant things or or things that are made with care or something mm -hmm. like that versus like here's all this stuff. But like, 
you know, I think, I, I don't remember the history, but I think the Rudolph special was made as like a promotion for a department store. It was Montgomery Ward. Yeah, Montgomery Ward. Yeah. And so there you go. This yeah. tradition that everybody like clings to in America that's like, oh, it's, you know, gotta watch Rudolph. It's like, gotta watch this commercial yeah, for a store that doesn't exist. Yeah, the character was created for Montgomery Ward and then they made the special and everything. And, and there was, you know, it's um and Garfield was a toy at that point yeah. when his oh, Christmas yeah. Garfield special was, came out. That was you know, like, that was like Garfield. That's when everybody had the Garfield like yeah. stuck to their car window like a dingus. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean like a lot of our stuff and I'm not saying that doesn't happen in Europe. Sure, yeah. I'm sure it does, but I don't know. I think there's like you said there's something old mm-hmm. world and a little more simplified. Well, that's what the thing with the Rick Steve. So we we watch um and I'm kind of I'm kind of mashing these together. So the other two specials, I said there was one with Hubert Keller, who is a, a who famous award winning chef, who grew up in Alsace, and it was this whole thing. He's going back to Alsace and he's eating, and we've only seen it once. It's hard to find anywhere. It's yes. like one day I'll find it, I'll tape it. But I remember him eating in this restaurant, this building that dated back to the Middle Ages, and they were eating like in the basement, and it was just very cozy. Yeah. Um, the closest I think we've ever gotten to that is when we went to Los, Los Ancient Canadien in yeah. Quebec and it was snowing. We were right by the window and we're eating bison uh, bourguignon, bourguignon yeah. uh, puff pastry. Yeah. <laughs> With the, the fireplace yeah. going in the, like, in the, in the yeah. back of the dining room. Yeah, it was and... just like we had to walk home in the snow. In the or like cafe, when we went to Cafe like, Jules yeah. and it was we were tucked in a little corner yeah. and it was like bustling a bit. I mean, this is yeah. pre-COVID, just yeah. FYI, but like... You know, you you feel like you have your own little corner, yeah. and yeah, yeah. you don't get that in America. Yeah, Quebec City is the closest we ever in, in, yeah. in uh, the very beginning of November is ever closest we've ever gotten to something on the order of, of what we're talking about here. And because we've been to Paris, and even when we went to Paris, you still got that sense of like you feel like you can carve a little part of it out for yourself yeah. when you go there, even though Paris is enormous. Yeah. You know, um, so but you're you're right, and it's and and the 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 thing about the Rick Steves show is that they have um, Rick Steves' is European Christmas, and we watch Rick Steves just about every night when he's on because it's on Create. Yeah, Thank when you, he's Create. On, and the European Christmas is a half hour show, but the European Christmas shows an hour, and and I went so far as to again I ordered the DVDs for all of these off the websites because I was like we watch it every year, we might as well have yeah. It. And it's him going to, he's in, he's in um, Germany, he is in um, Oslo in Norway, which features your favorite open flame sequence of this. Yes. But the, it's such a, or like this very quaint, like old church and yes. there's <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying not to freak yeah. out thinking about it, but yes. And then uh, they go to like. Um, they're in uh, Great Britain. Yeah, Northern Italy or Italy and in Vatican City, so they're like yeah. in Northern, you're like Tuscany, I think. Or a lot, or something like yeah. somewhere in. Anyway, it truly really is like a pan-European type Paris, of deal. And the thing I noticed about the, the segments in Paris and in Switzerland, and I think even when he's in Bath in England, um, this the simplicity there, where it is a he does note that Parisians buy like expensive gifts for each other and very few or right. the idea that that's my, that's my jam. They're, they're, they're panning around the room and it's like, I'm going to give you the, like the one gift. So there's not this like bacchanalia of, yeah. of, of stuff. And, and his thing, like, I, I think the other thing is, is that like, they're all educational programming. Mm-hmm. So like when you're doing Christmas on the Danube in that, in that special that by the same people do the Christmas markets, you're literally just going down the river 
and he's pointing out the history of this and the history of that, and this is the stop we make, and this is the stop we make, as if it's a guided tour. And it's again, it's charming, and it's and it's it's old castles, and it's and that sort of stuff. And Rick Steves is a host, and he's presenting it. But Rick Steves is is travel dad, mm-hmm. you know, and he is the most steady, informative, but like is not the personality. There's no. Even I, I loved Tony Bourdain, but I would have never wanted to watch a Tony Bourdain European Christmas. Well, and Tony would Bourdain would have never done one. I know, but like you know, I or, mean, he did like he did some. It was some band. Put remember he and Eric Repair were like making the dinner. Yeah, and some some band. God, I can't remember who the band was that played, but yeah, he might did, have been Queens of the Stone Age or something. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. It was somebody. You know, some band I don't really think about mm-hmm. anymore. Which is, I mean, they were fine anyway. It doesn't matter. But so he did his own twist on something. But you're right. It's not going to be like. I mean, it's Rick traveling with his family. Yeah. Around different parts of Europe. I mean, yeah. you know, different different audiences. Yeah, and the um and the the show and, and there's no um even there there are some hosts on, on PBS who are a little bit too much like your personality is too much for this show. Like for me, like uh, mm. what's this, a couple of those people. But there's no like Guy Fieri involved here. Yes, so, Raymond. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you're not. You're not. You tune the host out half the time while you're watching all the things and like, you know, you've got this <laughs> Rick Steves painting this idyllic picture of life in Switzerland. Oh my god. <laughs> we were even watching it the other night where he was like giving travel tips about staying in hostels and hotels and he was in this like Alpine village in Switzerland that's like right out of the sound of music or something. And oh you're just god. like it's just so quaint. But they do the one in the in the um in the Alps and he he his kid dresses up as like Santa Claus or Slushy or something, whatever the name of the little side. Yeah, I don't remember. You don't want me to. And they go around from like house to house, asking the kids if they've been okay and giving them the one gift. And then they go like up on the mountain and cut down the tree and then sled. Yes. Down the hill. Yeah. Holding the torches at like twilight. It's like oh god, it's my my favorite part of the whole thing. It's my favorite part of the whole thing. Like that is my. That's like my winter fantasy is like you're, you might be a little snowed in, but you're in a place where people know how to act when it snows Mm -hmm. and you've got your equipment. So you're cool. It's a very quaint village. People leave you alone, but they're also friendly and you just, you're in this gorgeous like area. Like that's my, that's my winter. Like if I could just like, if I were independently wealthy, I'd spend my winter in the Alps. Mm -hmm. I'd spend the summer in Paris. You know, yeah. like maybe I'd go to Barcelona for a little bit, but like I just <laughs> don't. Uh, yeah. Well, Alsace looks like a really nice place to spend uh, spend a holiday too, because it's this. In fact, if you go on the Christmas and Alsace website, so there's a whole tourism around going there. Yeah. In that region of France, because it is right near. Germany. We get the best of both worlds. Well, yeah, because you get Germany and France. <laughs> yeah, because well, this is the because the, we were just reading it, in our son's play, which is about the World War One or whatever, yeah. about the battle over Yeah, Alsace Lorraine and, yeah. and which is yeah, so that was basically disputed territory. It's right on the borders like the Strasbourg is and everything and and um, it's gorgeous. And this so a lot of this ends up being aspirational for us, which is kind of funny how I don't know, maybe it's our age or, or what. It's just like this it, you know, I it does require money to do these things. But at the same I know time, I keep talking about simplicity, but yeah. it's not simple to yeah. fly across but, the ocean. But it's as opposed <laughs> to as opposed to the as opposed to like like one of those Lexus commercials or the or like you're making it rain on Christmas morning or some sort of big like 
electronic thing. electronic thing or some huge like house where you have these trees and stuff like that. This is like no, like going to somewhere else and even if it is a huge city like Paris, yeah, on Christmas. I'm not going to turn Paris down at Christmas. No. Yeah, I guess the only place I probably wouldn't want to go. Granted, I'm not Catholic. It's probably Vatican City when he's there because it's just like the rush of people. It's like. Yeah, it's, it's. I think the only place more crowded than Vatican City on Christmas Day is Disney World. But I mean, it's, oh boy, Mickey's but, very merry Christmas but even is then, lit. Like, Rome looks like so. You're, yeah, there's an aspirational aspect to this, and it's just it's also like you're right. It, I also like the window onto other cultures that you get. Yeah, I think there's. Some, I mean, and I. Uh, yeah, it could be that we're getting older, but again, remember spiritually, I'm like a 75, 80 year old mm. woman walking around a caftan. So I think I've felt this way for a while, but there's just something I've always wanted to travel during, not travel during the holidays, like thinking about the airport. I just mean, I'd love to be somewhere else Mm -hmm. for the holidays just to, you know, again, it's more simplified. You're not going to bring a bunch of gifts with you. You're not going to do that. Like you're, you're going to like, you know, hang out in a new place and like see how they celebrate and you get to, you just get to experience something different. I think, I think it's also that desire has gotten stronger too. Like the older Brett gets right. Because we're at a point now where we're not buying the hot new toy. No, we're not buying like a big fucking play kitchen. Like we're not doing all that. And so you start to think, well, now he's older. Wouldn't that be a cool experience? Or like when he goes to college in three and a half years, I'm not thinking (laughs) about that. Um, but, uh, you know, when we're empty nesters, yeah. like, what the yeah. hell are we going to do? Why would we be here? Yeah, Knocking yeah. around the house by ourselves while our son is like off tripping wherever. Yeah. Like why, you know, so I do start to think about that stuff. And I think it's important too, not to be all like weirdly philosophical about this. I think it's important when you do have your kids and they're growing up, you need to have things that you are excited to do mm-hmm. when they leave home Yeah. because they're supposed to leave home. Yeah. You can't, you know what I mean? So I think you need, I think you need to have things that you look forward and not that you have to put it all off until they, yeah. you know, go wherever. But, um, I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's well, nice. Well, we've talked about like, you know, you talk about changing scenery and stuff. I haven't been to New York city during the holidays since I was like in maybe college. That was my first trip to see you. Yeah. When we started dating in November and then yeah. that, that, that Christmas I came up and you took me, I still have like the. The cheesy photos with the date printed in the corner. <laughs> or you because t- we went on New Year's Day. Yeah. And and all the confetti from New Year's Eve was still in the yeah. street and like yeah. everywhere. And so I will always I will always remember that. Yeah. And so we used to and we would do stuff and we we lived just out we lived literally across the river from Washington D.C. for yeah. the first five years out of college and we would do stuff in and around Washington. Yeah. We went to I remember going to Union Station and. Looking at the, you know, so so the idea of us going to a city or going to a locale to do the Christmassy stuff there is... And don't forget our two classy vacations to Vegas. Yes. After Christmas. Yes. For like, a couple of like years. Like literally flying out on the 26th Oh, yeah. Flying out the day yeah, after Christmas yeah. and like, you know, giving our kid over to the grandparents, yeah, yeah. my mom and dad, and being like, have fun, peace, yeah. we out, and yeah. then coming back on like New Year's Eve yeah, or, or New Year's Day. Day or, yeah, yeah that, so that was, that was always, so, so the, the idea of going somewhere, you know, if we could afford something like this to, especially to Europe would be, you know, and, and so we watch this and you're just like, oh, I can't, it's almost like it is your bucket list after a while. You're like, and, yeah. and it's also very like, because it's not so focused on, because it doesn't have to start off with some plot about 
consumerism and like how it's wrong and how the family is the thing that's important or you know it's just yeah it's not a hallmark special. yeah because it's just like you know let's just watch this and learn about this and see this and and it's and it's it's quiet and, and you just enjoy looking at it and 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 funny enough learning about these things yeah yeah now the other the other stuff is that um, we do look up cooking shows mm -hmm. and um they're 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 hit or miss like you go to Food Network and it's like holiday baking. Challenge. It's always competitions. Yeah. 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 Which which can be fun, although like you know, especially because yeah. they're not as there's not as nasty backbiting cutthroat as some of the other reality shows that have been on. I think. Yeah. You know. I do miss the days though when you know starting at like Halloween, you know, uh, Food Network used to have like seasons eatings, mm -hmm. and it was all the cooking shows, and they'd all have like holiday theme and like. My favorite one of that era, I mean, this is like the early, early aughts, yeah. um, was uh, Nigella Christmas, which, yes. like, when Nigella Bites was a show, like that, and then there's also a Nigella Christmas, like, cookbook and episode, whatever, yeah. but this was the one that came off of the Nigella Bites mm. series, because again, it's it was just shot in a completely different way, that they're not, that cooking shows weren't being shot, like, over in the States. It was a lot like um, Jamie Oliver's for The Naked Chef, yeah. like his first series. It was just shot in a completely different way. And um, it was just really nice. And then you get like the Martha Stewart specials yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. And so, but Food Network has gotten so like, it's all Guy Fieri. It's all competitions. It's all like, I mean, like, I think Ina is like the only person I will still watch on that network. I think she's one of the few left because if you go back and read, and I, we've talked about this in, in, in past conversations you go back and read uh, From Scratch, the, the History of the Food Network, they talk about how around the time that you started to get the Guy Fieri's and stuff, um, this was when they were like, we can make, we can exploit homegrown talent rather than having to have these contracts with people we pulled in. Yeah. So when you have Nigella Lawson or you have Jamie Oliver or you have um, Ina Garten um, or, uh, you know, the, they they come even Emerald Emerald Lagasse yeah. comes with a certain amount of financial baggage because yeah. they are an established person. Right. You're buying the right to show them, whereas Guy Fieri and a few of the other people who have really made them really made themselves a little bit more known through through network, they were homegrown. So basically, they could yeah. <laughs> They could they could take them for all they were well, worth. Yeah, because they were locked into whatever like guy yeah. guy Fieri like being locked in whatever contract he won on the next Food Network, Network Star, Star, which is the competition he won to become. So yeah. like, who knows how long he was locked into that thing? And yeah. you know whatever. Anyway, sorry, we're getting off. No, no, no. But yeah, like the and so again, we turn to PBS because like America's Test Kitchen will do yeah. a holiday. They'll do marathon of holidays. Stuff. Yeah, they'll run the Great British Baking Show. Yes, yes. So, so the the America's Touch Kitchen was one where they they do, they do a really good Thanksgiving one. I think they also do a Christmas. They, they do. They do. It's like a holiday one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and then GBBO does that. Um, yeah, they do the Christmas that we were just watching. Now that's on Netflix, and they do get shows. Show but they up. took away Masterclass, and I'm still salty about it. Yes. And so now we'll have to catch Masterclass on, on PBS. PBS. Yeah, yeah. So Ma Masterclass, I think. So GBBO is our other, like, let's watch this every night because it's just wonderful to see people, A, being nice to each other and be big things. And we, I think we've watched every season on a grand total of, like, I don't know, 
I've lost count. I am legit a psychopath. Like, I, I know it. I watch <coughs> this thing I watch every night before I drift off on the couch and then finally go to bed. It's just, it's the best thing to fall asleep to. Everyone's kind. Everyone, it's, and you know, it, I think, you know, to explain my, psych, my psychopathy here is I have been a lifelong insomniac. I can't sleep. I can't sleep well. So, and one thing that I have a lot of issues with is nightmares. And so it's helpful to me to watch something soothing because if I wake up like with a nightmare in the middle of the night, I can just kind of picture like, well, wait, remember when, you know, Richard was making that tart and Paul <laughs> Hollywood loved it. And I can just think about what I was watching before I fell asleep and then I can fall back to sleep. So for me, it's, um, yeah, it's like comfort food. I have to watch it every night. If Netflix takes it away, I swear to God, I'm going to go set <laughs> Netflix HQ on fire. I don't think they ever would. I swear that's like one of their top viewers because it's like... Um, they let HBO Max take friends. I mean, I just, I don't trust that, it. I mean, we have not. HBO Max as well, but like... I'm not surprised that HBO Max was able to take friends considering that Warner Brothers owns the show. I know, so, but but, still. but But yeah, no, but with, with that, it's like... Now, I will say, we just, let's say, two weeks ago, we watched the final episode of the, of the most, of recent, the most season. recent season. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny because we were watching That was stressful. Finale. We were like, that was stressful. But it was because we've only, it was the first time we watched it. Yeah. And, and this was one of those seasons that was, I don't know, it was incredibly engaging. It was, yeah. it was even that we've loved all the seasons. This was, for some reason, maybe it was because of Jurgen and, and. Yeah. And, Giuseppe, uh, Giuseppe and everybody. And yeah. It was really, really more engaging than it usually is. Yeah. Um. Although, yeah, I think, although I will always say, God, maybe this is an offshoot for another episode, yeah. but like, I mean, I always have my favorite seasons, but like, you know, the season before that, it was fine. That's yeah. the one we're rewatching now. Yeah. Or no, the, that's two seasons season before. Ago. It doesn't matter. But like, yeah, there are some, like, I can't watch the second season because everybody is so mean to Francis. Mm -hmm. I can't watch it. Like every once in a while I will, but like, I almost always skip it because I'm just like, Paul is so mean to her. I can't stand it. And, um, even though there's some great bakers on that season, but yeah, yeah this season was like, just right out the gate, like Giuseppe and Jurgen, man, they were killing it. And then to see some other people get better as the weeks yeah. went on, it was, it was, it was <laughs> stressful. But yeah, no, but we, we watch it and then, so they did, they do the Christmas show. They've been, we, and just the most, the last few years, they started putting the Christmas show, the Christmas seasons on. And there was an American version that still, I think, does get, I think now that they found a host for it, I think for all I know, they're going to replay it again. I think they have it over on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. Yeah, if, I think it is Hulu. It, it started, yeah. um, you know, all the controversy about the former host aside, it's now um, uh, Emma Bunt, Emma Button, yeah. Baby Spice. and uh, This big ex-football player yeah, also named yeah, Spice. Yeah, so, um, and it, it, it's actually very nice. You know, it's it's they, they bring them over. What's cool is that they didn't try to set it up like in America. They basically fly the people over there yeah. for the competition for a week and they do it. Um, the only thing I think that throws us off is for some reason the editing of the music is they, yeah weird. Yeah, <laughs> so they're using the same background music as GBBO, but they're using it at the wrong times. Mm -hmm. Like GBBO has very specific times when they run certain pieces of their music at, you know, and that's when you watch it so much, cause you're a psychopath like me, you get used <laughs> to when the, the music is playing. Yeah. And then in the American version, they're playing it at the completely the wrong, wrong time. And I'm like, what the yeah. hell is this? So, and I bring this okay. up because it, they usually air it around the holidays. It's always a Christmas. It's one. always a Christmas. It's always time. a yeah. holiday one. Yeah. yeah. And, and the GBBO British version version 
for the holidays. It's almost like it's almost like watching Top Chef All Stars. Yeah, they bring back they bring back bakers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So which is really really cool to watch. And then, but you, you mentioned Masterclass, and Masterclass for those people who are not familiar with this, <laughs> this phenomenon, who aren't GBBO high. It's early. It's early stuff because it's Paul Hollywood and Mary Mary Berry, and yeah. they, they do these half-hour episodes. It's almost like they're doing commentary on the season that just passed because they'll intersplice clips with previous episodes. And the last episode, or one of the last episodes in every collection that's on Netflix, for I think three or four of them... Was Christmas. Was Christmas. Yeah. And this was always fun because it was you know it didn't involve a lot of clips from prior contestants there were no clips yeah it was just uh, yeah cuz on the yeah. so masterclass is they remake a number of the bakes that the bakers had to make yeah. throughout a given season but like one season of masterclass they had an easter one so yeah. that's kind of off to the side but like every other every season ends with a christmas episode and there's no flashback to the seasons because Paul and Mary are just making whatever they want to make. Yeah. So they are just, yeah, there's no flashbacks at all. Yeah, and, and so that'll pop up on PBS and that'll be something we'll have to um, DVR because we lost it just this year, I think. Netflix took it off for some reason, yeah. bastards. And, and um, yeah, and and just uh, just having this stuff on um, and is, I don't know, it's, it's really nice when you're trying to work your way through, you know... Um, when you've got some of the specials, which you've watched a million times yet, and you like watching them, but sometimes, I don't know that sometimes some of the Christmas movies and stuff, they're like, oh, we're going to watch this. feels like work. I don't know. It's like... It, it, you know me. Every movie feels like work. <laughs> I have like, no attention I, span. You know, because I love a Christmas story, and I love, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, and I love, I love even the cartoon special, but sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I've got to make sure I watch this. And these, it's just... We've watched, there's been years when we watched the European Christmas market show like two or three times. Well, because one thing that's nice is they're family friendly. So like when our, when my parents come down on Christmas day and everybody's like sitting around staring into space, I'm like, hey, let's throw on one of these yeah. specials so that we can, you know, have something to look at. Yeah, other than the video games. Yeah, other than, yeah, <laughs> Brett playing on this giant ass TV. Yeah. So yeah, like it's a way to kind of just have something nice on in the background and, you know. Yeah. But no, it's it's just I I just I wanted to, and this is it's a short conversation. But you know, it's it's just here's a bunch of. Really I don't know nice if it's that shows. short. But yeah, but I had a whole <laughs> tangent on Guy Fieri's yeah. history. But it's but it's just it, it's just something I thought of when I was when I was talking about PBS, and I've mentioned uh, last episode, and I've mentioned it in a couple of the 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 previous uh, like Festivus episodes and stuff. I said how like you know I do like to watch these things, and it's just kind of nice that like. Um, because of just stuff that we came across on TV and just remember to watch and then go, th you know, every once in a while you go through the channel guide and it's like, okay, do they have anything up? I, I want to say like Vivian Howard did. Yeah. Uh, Chef's Life did Chef's a holiday Life on holidays yeah. and stuff. It's just, it's kind of nice because it's just, it's, it's, it is, it is the very definition of a, of a nice comfort food for yeah. Christmas. Um, that is, it's also, especially in a time when, you know, everything I mean, that's been a thing for years. Everything seems so, like, either literally violent, rhetorically violent, or just in your face, like, almost like a violence of in your face with just the the sensory overload I, of some things. Yeah, I think for us, this is our version of, like, the 25 Days of Christmas on Freeform or, like, yeah, the Hallmark yeah, Channel. Like, yeah. they're, you know, all my friends who love those Hallmark Christmas movies, like, are they formulaic? Yes. But it's like, it's escapism. And yeah. it's like, oh, you can have it on in the background. You can whatever. It's just, I can't 
stand that shit so I don't watch it. <laughs> this is my version of that. It's my comfort food. And I think, yeah. um, I think it'll be interesting, you know, just thinking about, like you were saying, like, what we do is like our traditions isn't a whole lot like what you did as a kid. Yeah. It's not necessarily, I mean, it's a little bit like what I did as a kid, but not, not totally. And so it will be interesting to see when, when Brett is, you know, out living his life, like mm-hmm. what, tra- like, is he going to be like, Oh, I got to watch European Christmas yeah, yeah, markets. Exactly. Cause that's yeah. what my parents, like we watch this every year. Like I, I doubt it, yeah. but like, it will just be interesting to see like what his, um, what his traditions end up being. And, you know, stuff like that. Knowing him, he'll actually be at the European Christmas market. <laughs> um, he's going to do us one better and actually yeah, go to the market. But, exactly. you know, I think, I think, you know, I think it's important to, I think tradition can be important and, you know, carrying on traditions from your family can be important. But I also think it's nice to carve out, just carve out your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of pressure on like people our age or, you know, adult children I think there can be a lot of pressure to, like you were saying, do stuff for others or perform yeah. for uh, perform whatever it is for others. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of nice to just carve out your own little time to do something that, you know, like you said, is comfort food. It makes you happy. Um, and it's in the spirit of the holiday. Yeah. So It's also, and you'll, and, and you understand what I mean when I say it's not a freaking part production to do it right you know and that's the thing and i, I like the the simplicity of the shows and stuff like that the simplicity of like sitting down with your blue vine and a few christmas cookies and, and things yeah. like that is just you know it's it's something that you do and you do easy and you just really really enjoy it and when you think about it like what we do is a result of both of our traditions but yours is a result of not wanting that yeah. big production Mine is a result of we never did. I'm from mm-hmm. a very small family. Mm-hmm. And so we always, I mean, now did we have to hump it out to my grandmother's because she was a narcissist? Yes. But leading up to it, like Christmas Eve, like it was like just kind of watching some, you know, specials and going to bed and, you know, making cookie or whatever. It was very, like it was, a, it was our, I'm an only child. It was our family unit of three mm-hmm. just kind of chilling. And, you know, yours was kind of, Hectic and big and crazy. Yeah, because well, I come from... Now, my family is just four because it's me and my sister. But my dad is one of five kids. My mom's one of four. So it would be aunts, uncles, and cousins on Christmas Eve followed by Christmas Day, which over the years became like the week before Christmas and Christmas Day. Yeah. And um, some years were better than others, but depending on how much they let us just kind of go do our own thing in another room, watch television, watch movies, play games or whatever, depending on whose house we got or were we being rude by whatever. But the so, point is the point you is, had to transplant yourself out of something that could have been chill into yeah. something that was not chill. Yeah. 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 So and that's, and that's the thing. So we, we like, we make sure that we do our best to make sure that there are those chill things. Yeah. And, and even, even Christmas day when your parents come down, it's. Yeah. My parents are easy to please. Yeah. We, we, they just want to see Brett. I don't even need to be here. We surf. We, we, and we always, we always, and the other thing is like, you know, again, going back to the cooking shows, it's like we've always, we put effort into the meal and everything in a way yeah. that is like, this is, you know, something we want to do. And, and so I don't know. It's just, I liked your point about having your carving out your time for your own thing. Yeah. And, and you know, because I think it, it keep, keeps you sane for a certain amount and it keeps you actually liking this time of year, but it also just, it's something that's, you know, very, I don't know, makes, you're allowed to have something that's important to you. 
Well, when you think about the, tr the the traditions, I'm sure the traditions, but when you think about the generations younger than us, like you think about millennials and you mm -hmm. think about, I mean, we're kind of stuck in between millennial and Gen X, but you think about like younger millennials and Gen Z, God, <laughs> God help us all. But uh, just kidding. Love you, Gen Z. Anyway, um, you know, they're having, they're having fewer, fewer of them are having mm -hmm. children and they're having fewer children. Mm -hmm. A lot of them aren't, you know, they aren't buying into that traditional, like we're going to go have a big house and you know, this tradi mm -hmm. they're not, they're not traditional to begin with. And so again, you're, I think, I, I think people need to maybe evolve what they think tradition is mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's, it's already different. Yes. And so I think, you know, we're probably more millennial than we care to admit in being like, no, I'm going to put the boundary down and we're going to, I'm not going to stress myself out this holiday. Yeah. Jackass and all over the place. <laughs> but before I go, um, you actually do have something to promote. Usually I ask guests on the show if they have a podcast or something. Do I? Did you want to promote your TikTok? Oh God, I don't know. If you like career advice from a woman who sounds like me, I'm at Oh Hey It's AP on TikTok. Although I do try to keep my my identity <laughs> separate from my TikTok. But um, I, I can also tell you, I am also at Careers with Amanda on Instagram. And uh, I cannot tell you how nice it is to be talking into a recorder instead of into a camera. <laughs> I'm so tired of looking at my own face. That's why I don't do video. I'm so tired. I hate my own face. So. I, like, my, my, I'm so sick of looking at it. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, I will be back in just a moment to wrap this up. And I'd like to thank Amanda for coming along. Next time I'll have another guest on the show. Uh, episode 128 is going to be a crossover with episode 62 of Required Reading with Tom and Stella. In January 2022, um, our, the episode of that show that we're going to air is going to be about Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night. Then, about a week after that comes out, the next episode of this show will drop and Stella is going to join me to talk about what is... More probably the best adaptation of Twelfth Night, which is the 2006 Amanda Bynes comedy, She's the Man. So come back for that. And in the meantime, I hope uh, everybody listening here has a very Merry Christmas and a very happy holiday and uh, happy and healthy new year. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Affidavit, which is produced by me, Tom Panneries. All clips are copyright their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. This podcast is a part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you can find at twotruefreaks.com. If you like the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show get noticed by other people. Feedback via email can be sent to popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com. For show notes and essays and other things random in the world of popular culture, visit popcultureaffidavit.com. 
You can also follow this show on Facebook at facebook.com slash popcultureaffidavit and on Twitter at popaff, that's P-O-P-A-F-F. Thanks for listening and come back next time for more pop culture randomness.